Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. As we know, so separation happens. What underpins separation is polarity, and that comes from judgment, right? And we've used judgment to keep ourselves separate from one another. And just to recap in a, another way, mm-hmm. it's separation is effectively that we are, we make ourselves separate from our desires, from our, as you would call it, our divinity. Mm-hmm. We create rules. We tell people they're right, they're wrong. We tell ourselves there's good, there's bad. Right. So we deny who we are in favor of who we think we should be, wondering why we're unhappy. And then we double down and keep doing it, thinking that will make us happy. Right. When in fact... We don't really get there that way anyway. Right. But we're going to take a step back and it's not about our individual state of separation, right? But it's how we use that to keep ourselves separate from others. Okay. In that perspective, right? And so it's like, even though we all shit the same. Yeah. Right? We all are I mean, honestly, I'm often more backed up than others. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so if you think about it, really what connects us aside our souls but what connects us as humans is our human functions yeah we're all really the same when you when it comes down to like our humanness i was thinking about it today actually our bodies are just like like these cars they're (laughs) They're very 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 confusing cars but they are cars right and we all definitely didn't come with a driver's manual yeah mine do (laughs) but do you know what i mean so like that makes sense like even though we're all different we're all actually humans yeah, but we've, in that state of separation, we have used that to judge ourselves yeah. for our, what we perceive as our weaknesses. We judge others. It's where we say, you're girl, I'm boy, you're black, I'm white, you're this, I'm that. Like, we, yeah. well, ultimately, there is one common denominator is that yeah. we're human. And what could be seen as our distinctive qualities then often become weaponized and in separation. So then that's what becomes bad then that's what feeds the polarity of what's good and bad. Yeah, because there's conforming and anything outliery, Mm -hmm. which is feeling very hearkening to like season like seven or eight with like the fuck ups and the outliers and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. And so the more that separation becomes reinforced, the more shame we experience. Mm. And shame is a very like season two, season three concept. Mm. Even though this is like, what if it never happened? So what if we never recorded seasons one to nine? Yeah, true. (laughs) Okay. So then we have shame. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. This is just kind of a recap, I guess. The more shame we carry and the longer we've carried it, the more self-loathing we have. Mm. And one of the things that we have been battling internally and externally as we see in our world is just lifetime after lifetime of that shame and self-loathing that has been paid out in our various relationships in within our communities, within society, globally, etc. We're having to deal with that while also dealing with our internal bullshit, right? Mm. And our internal shame. So separation and judgment, they just use shame to maintain otherness. Yeah. Right. And we've always been in a state of otherness. But well, we do it to kids. We do it in general, you know, like, uh, you're naughty. You did this. You shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? I'd say that common morality is enforced more by kind of judgment and shame in that respect than mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah. Why do we not allow ourselves to be free? Because we're scared someone else will think we're shit because of it. Mm-hmm. Right? So, 
Yeah, so then what happens is that deep down, though, we know we are not bad. Yeah. Deep down, we know that there's nothing to be ashamed of. And right? it's, that, it's that conflict between that mm-hmm. deep down and our more conscious state that is what hurts. Yeah, it, it keeps us at war with ourselves. Mm. Yeah. But for the sake of our own survival, because we have that survival mechanism built within us, we don't want to necessarily destroy ourselves, so we will look to destroy others who make us feel ashamed. You can't tell me what to do, therefore I'm going to destroy you so that I'm free. Yeah, or you somehow mirror my pain back to me and my shame, right? I don't feel good in your presence because somehow something is being reflected back to me that is so shitty and so awful because of the story that I've been told, the story I tell myself, whatever is being reinforced, and so you have to go. It's sometimes like old friends, right? Or mm. friends who've been brought up in similar circumstances as, as you. They have similar viewpoints as maybe your parents. Mm-hmm. Or as maybe as the viewpoints that you've tried hard to overcome. Mm-hmm. And so when you're friends with them and they're telling you the things that the little voice in your head is also telling you. Or that you're scared of, mm-hmm. someone will tell you. Sometimes it seems to be like, well, I just don't want to be friends with you anymore because I've outgrown you. Yeah. <laughs> rather than actually being like, wait a second, if this is still triggering me and I'm not coming at it with compassion, there's a reason. Right. If it still has an emotional charge, it still matters. Yeah. But people, it, that requires a certain amount of consciousness. So when we see a lot of the bullshit play out socially, again, within our communities, from the spiritual perspective, it's really easy to say, just love yourself. You just need to love yourself more. You just need to accept yourself more. And if you can accept that and embrace that, then everything will be better. But people keep putting the cart before the horse. The reality is that we have to flip that around. When you can really come into your divinity is when everything else falls into place. I'm confused why we're talking about this now. Because what if it never happened mm-hmm. feels like, actually, it kind of makes weird fucked up sense. Okay. Because what if karma <laughs> never happened, you'd never learn how to follow your heart because you wouldn't have had to do the karmic undoing process. Therefore, we still have to teach the karmic undoing process because following your heart and being able to do that is still how you navigate your world after karma because otherwise that well, that was the point of karma, right? Mm-hmm. To teach us to come into our power and our divinity. Mm-hmm. So if karma never happened... So nothing ever taught us to come into our power and our divinity. Mm-hmm. We naturally have our power and our divinity. Yes. But we also might not have the actual tangible skills. Right. You would have no way um, of directing it. Yes. Exactly. So it's is this going to be like the big like, reveal? What if what? it never happened but we needed it to? No, not necessarily because we're not going to sit here and justify things like that. But it's a bit like a whole lot of money falling into your lap. But you don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Okay. But you don't have FOMO. No, so, but you're just sitting there with a whole lot of money with like, you know, so maybe I'll just go do this. And then you just start giving it away maybe, or mm. you start spending it haphazardly and then it just becomes unconstructive. Yeah. And then you're out of money. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a really, really poor example, but yeah. it worked. I mean, it's the example that it's the yeah. visual I saw. Okay, fine. Okay. Yeah. When actually, if you look at the comic process on what we teach, and again, if you read the book, first one, it's all mm-hmm. in there which is effectively follow your heart, follow your soul, whatever it is, follow the part of you that is pushing you to listen to yourself mm-hmm. and do that. Yeah. Not only do you heal your karma in doing that because effectively then you learn you're good enough, mm-hmm. which is the whole point, yeah. right? But you also then learn the skills to exercise love. And what we define love as, you know, the pillars of love, as it were, are the pillars of trust. Mm-hmm. So 
every time you... Well, love is comprised. The foundation of love is comprised of the pillars of trust. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So every time you make an action and you trust yourself, Mm -hmm. every time you make an action because you know it's in your Mm -hmm. best interest, every time you make an action because you're hoping for a better tomorrow, Mm -hmm. every time you make an action because you have faith that something is bigger than your current you Mm -hmm. that will ensure it's got your back some way, right? In every single one of those moments, you're effectively exercising love because you're shining your light. Or you're exercising your power. Yes. A.K.A. your divinity. In doing those things, Mm -hmm. you give yourself more and more evidence Mm -hmm. that you are good enough to make your own choices and you are good enough to shine your own light however you such please. Yes. I think we can agree on that. Yes, absolutely. So once you're able to learn mm-hmm. what it feels like mm-hmm. to shine your own light, because yeah. it it's a specific feeling for each one of us, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to be able to describe it for you like you're not going to be able to describe it for someone else. I mean, the, the one that I used to always use in previous episodes, in previous seasons, was that feeling when you're just dancing on a, in, a, in a club on a night out. I mean, that feels like a very long time ago. Um, <laughs> when you're dancing in a club on a night out and you just feel invincible and there's like light radiating from you. But it's that same feeling I get when I'm writing or it's mm-hmm. that same feeling I get when I'm connecting dots or it's that same feeling I get when I'm just like driving with the roof down and the sun's playing in my face and there's good songs on, you know? Like mm-hmm. it can be expressed in all these different ways, right? But it's basically when you understand, it's not about loving yourself no. rather than, it's about loving your experience of yourself. Mm-hmm. And those are two different things because love ourselves in this world of kind of separation and with all the games and all the bullshit that's mm-hmm. out there, love ourselves is often take no shit from anyone, mm-hmm. least of all yourself. Yeah. When actually that's not loving anything. Yeah. Other, it's actually the opposite. It's keeping yourself in judgment because it's saying this part of you is wrong. So deny it because that's how one loves themselves. This part of you is even worse so let it go because it's not part of you anyway you know like it's just it that that doesn't get you anywhere truly loving oneself is seeing oneself for who they are and effectively being able to then take it a step further and see that that makes them no different from anyone else when you can enter into that place of oneness Right, that if you because can get there, because everyone has the possibility and the capacity and the chance to be that love for themselves too. Yeah. So when we talked about what if it never happened in the first place, you know, we never said what if separation never happened. We always said what if karma never happened. Separation occurred so that the divine could experience itself. Yeah. Right. And you needed that because if the divine were fully present, then everything would be divine and perfect. Yes. Yeah. So it's sounds a bit... great. <laughs> sounds ideal. Really trying hard to be to, to review and recap without like burdening this episode with too many details. So it was a bit like instead of landing in Candyland, we landed in Cards of Humanity, where then you get to fill in the blanks with all your free will and separation because you're not going to be acting as the divine. You're going to be acting as like the divine not being divine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that's kind of fun. You just get to fill in the blanks and be Which is what we were in our karma, the divine not being divine. Right. So, but in separation, you could have that, but while still knowing that you were good enough. Okay. But what brought about the doom of separation was all the judgment and polarity then that came. 
So separation itself, while not great, served a purpose. But we also know that in order to spare humanity its extinction, spare humanity from its own distinction and self-destruction, it can no longer exist within separation because it is destroying itself. Mm. Which is why we are here for oneness. We understand that if you can heal this internal separation through the process of your karmic undoing and come into a state of at least full-bodied consciousness, you stand a chance. We can spare humanity from its fate of effectively giving itself over because it lacks its own divinity. And so while we, and this is the first season where I'm I'm trying to consciously or at least with greater awareness do this, this is the final episode of this part of the season because we are recapping human experiences through relationship. And so what if life and separation was without karma? And we will, over the next three years, see humanity at its worst. I mean, it's not as if we haven't seen humanity at its worst in history, but here we are watching it again, bearing witness to all of its ugliness, but with the full-bodied awareness that it has to end. We cannot keep doing this or we are done, right? We are dooming ourselves. So, and I don't mean to sound very gloom and doom, sorry. <laughs> I I'm guess used it was, to it. <laughs> it was, but you know, it was bound to happen and now here we are, episode 12. Yeah. So maybe I get some kudos for yeah. like, not doing it in the previous 11 episodes. Maybe that's like my pat on the back, right? But we offered those 11 episodes to give clarity to a world that is possible, to a life that is possible, to the many eternities that are possible, and for souls that want to come in and have this experience, it's still possible. All those possibilities can continue to play out for those who are no longer in their karma, who've done everything that they've needed to do through their karmic undoing process, and to see that even though the world is self-destructing, we need to remember that, you know, it is human nature to cleanse and destruction is part of that cleansing, right? So we need to not fear this process and think, oh my God, the world is going to end. Well, to some degree it is because it needs to. We need it to in order to rebuild it. But we cannot destroy it wholesale either because then we will have nothing to rebuild from, right? You can't – it is really difficult to build from full ashes, mm. yeah? We need to be able to build from something. We need some kind of foundation and that's what we're trying to do consciously. It is important that as, you know, as panic starts to con- set in, which is something that we're seeing right now, it's okay. You've got yourselves. You've got your people. You've got your tribe. It's going to be fine. And that's – The other bit that we also have to bear in mind, which is the destruction of separation and the end of separation is not necessarily your problem to address. That is not what your purpose is. You know, if if you tap into your purpose and you know that that purpose is to serve, then you're serving humanity through consciousness. So you're not serving humanity by allowing it like whatever's happening on the outside is just let it play out. Yeah. Yeah. Don't contribute to it. Don't what is it? Don't fan the flames, right? I mean, there's just enough lighter fluid 
for many, many, many conflagrations or fires that you don't necessarily need to go set another one. What's a conflagration? <laughs> a conflagration is like a massive fire. Oh my God. <laughs> this is Elizabeth Hayes flexing her vocabulary for no apparent. No, that was the word that I saw and I was like, are you serious? Okay. But it's true because it's bigger than just a fire, <laughs> okay. right? A fire is like a fireplace fire. You can have like a contained fire. A conflagration is like an uncontained you can, fire. You could call it like a forest fire or a wildfire or a bonfire. Conflagration. Is Conflagration better. is like bigger and okay. like whatever. I am from a fire estate. We have many fires anyway. <laughs> I love it. So because everything will play out. So you can only manage what you can in terms of your sphere of influence. But, you know, taking to social media to go and like spew out your own issue or whatever your opinion is, is not helpful. Okay. And that is not a helpful form of therapy for you either. But again, if that's what you feel, like, no judgment, but yeah. No, no, no judgment ever. But the point is, is that there are more constructive ways to manage your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> right? well, I've always thought about that. Like, you know, at the end of the day, the reason why rules and laws and everything exists and is perpetuated is because people listen to them. If one day everyone just switched off their TV and never switched it back on again, all the TV shows would die. Overnight. The news would go. Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? If everyone just deleted every news app from their phone, every single person on this earth, you just wouldn't have news anymore. No. So just think about that for a second. Mm. Everything that you put your energy to continues it. Yeah. Because you've got eyes on it. Again, it's It's like Schrodinger's cat, but you know... I'm a biggest cat. <laughs> you mean like a conflagration? <laughs> I feel like everyone knows what the cat is. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> well, just for anyone who's in wondering, the cat is, if, you know, there's a cat in a box, Schrodinger said, uh-huh. does it, is it there if you can't see it? Mm-hmm. That's basically, yeah. yeah. Whatever. You suck. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so is that, okay, go on. Okay. And so the final point as this world continues to self-destruct, and we will be peaking soon enough. I mean, I think when this episode comes out, will we have we won't have peaked by then, but we're we're it's brimming. When's it peaking? There's various peaks, right? As we know, in various ways because of the way the tent poles have to come down. And they have to come down at various intervals. So not everything goes down at once and destroys everything. It's not even brewing, they're saying it's brimming. Okay. It's a very specific term. Yeah. Something is. The more that you can accept all that you are, which is effectively accepting that you are the divine, and all that you can be, which is the divine being the divine, effectively just be, being active, I think, is how I would see it, and all that you can become, which is all the potential that lies within your fate, then you can accept that you can start to see all of this in terms of the bigger picture of consciousness. And that's how you can actually just sort of where you can like bear witness to it. And as uncomfortable it is to bear witness to it, you can sort of see it from a larger perspective and just allow for it. Just doing what you can in your the, your corner of the world, in your life, and live out your fate. Well, that's the thing, right? So if you've gone through this comic undoing process or not, if yeah. it never happened. Or if you're part of the younger generation. Yeah, yeah or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Either way, if you can know who you are mm-hmm. know what you're capable of including ending separation within mm-hmm. then you know how ugly and messy it gets you've just got to let it ride it out and if you don't put energy towards it the less energy it has and the quicker i assume it'll die out yeah or the quicker it'll not blow up in our faces it's going to blow up but like as it's in going like, to play out play out in a 
you don't need to be a part of it. Exactly. You just don't. And that's the point, really. It's going to be okay. And you don't need it to feed some drama story either because you need to feel a part of something. I don't need to feel a part of anything. Mm -hmm. I just want to be sitting on a beach and reading a book. But Rhea, it's going to get uncomfortable. It's going to start peaking from here on out. And we offer this season as a way to understand all that is possible and all the fun that is still possible and all the joy that is still possible and to hold on to Mm -hmm. that vision and the rainbows and unicorns, not as a form of denial, not as a form of escapism, but to understand that that is a reality that is totally possible. Even now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it will always be possible until your dying breath. And you can make it your mission to realize it. And that's okay. You don't need to succumb to the pressures of what's going on around you because then it feels like, but if you're not, if you're not caving to it, then you don't care. That's not the case. No, my mission is for the rainbows and unicorns. Right. And then you care enough to hold space for that. You care enough to pursue that. And that's, that's enough. I mean, at least someone is. So here I get to play with a heavy heart because I really don't like that role, but I've accepted it. And again, if this is one of the few times I do it this whole season, that I will see it as a win, right? Um, is it the only time you'll do it this season? It's one of the only times. <laughs> I'm going to take it, Rhea. Shut up. (laughs) Don't ruin this for me. We are approaching the end of times. Okay. (laughs) Of course we are. (laughs) More is coming. Which is why. Fuck off. That was hard for me. I I felt that. If you like felt what I felt, that's like No, I feel you. I feel you. I felt you. Well-ish. I was like, but you're not an empath, so you don't know what it feels like. No, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. But also, also, but you know, I always, like, I joke about this. I'm always a bit tongue-in-cheek because I feel like it's like anything in this world. Someone could describe to you the taste of a banana or a tomato. (laughs) All the things on my fruit plate, (laughs) which is, like, quite empty. (laughs) But, like, and then... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had it's, to put the avocado de- in the it's fridge. It's depressing as fuck. But anyway, I know. Um, this is even more depressing than your doom and gloom projections. But someone could tell you this is what <laughs> the future is like. My fruit plate, <laughs> sparse and slightly moldy. <laughs> it's not moldy. I'm joking. It's just a bit brown. But at the end of the day, when you actually experience it, it's very different, right? So, like. It's like anything in this world. Someone can explain to you what it's like to have your heart broken and it sounds like it's going to be something that lives with you forever, but it eventually passes and it's something else. Or someone can explain to you what it's like to be hurt and it sounds like the worst experience of all time, but when it's your experience, you're like, oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was because the mind can't help but go to the most dramatic, worst situations. And I will hold space for the rainbows and unicorns, even in your doom and gloom prophecy. (laughs) Anyway, continue. Just... So I want to give you the middle finger right now. <laughs> the difference, Rhea, though, is that, you know, when there's certain unmet expectations, right? Like somebody hurts you and stuff, a lot of your your life still goes on. As we say, life goes on. Mm. The familiar still exists. What we're talking about is the fact that there's just a lot of things that people won't be able to hold on to. The things that you thought you could depend upon that were provided by the tent poles just won't be there necessarily. And so things will be different. They will look different and they will feel different. And that's okay. We will say this, though. It will not necessarily be all dramatic, right? Where it's like you have nothing left from your old life. It's not necessarily like that. But for some, it could feel like that. And that experience could be Without so Without being jarring. more for the people who are in that coma? No, not necessarily. Okay. It's just we're heading into the worst of times, right? Um, have, we hit the, have we even had the best of times yet? No. But if you know <laughs> that it's going to get to its worst, 
then it just goes up from there. Okay, fine. Right? We have been... We, we, that we, feels like a real settling moment of a prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> if, if people really knew what, like, prophesying was, like, really, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sitting in Liz's kitchen staring at, like, a, a half-ripe, like, an overripe banana. <laughs> While she cleans information through her pendulum. Yeah. Okay, keep going. End of days. Things are going to... People aren't going to be able to hold on to what they're no, going to hold on. Yeah, no, it's... So what is this end of times? Like you said, we've never really gotten to the worst of times or the best of times. It's always just... We, we ping-pong, right? Yeah, That's pretty like much what you do. mediocre times and... No, quite worse times. Or like great times yeah. and good times and okay times. And so, you know, we've been sort of, again, we're like, we're moving through that spectrum. Yeah. But we're having to destroy the spectrum, as I, as, as we were saying earlier in the episode, you know, that's just, that spectrum is created because of polarity. Mm. And so what we're having to do is get, we're, we're seeing separation reach its peak and get to its worst so we can finally be done with separation. And why, how will we finally be done with it once it gets to its peak? We'll have to accept it's on some level that it's not doing us any favors. Okay. And people just get bored of it and turn away. So literally... Well, they're going to have to accept the fact that separation is what has ruined our lives. So effectively, it's the energy thing. Well, they will all just turn off their TVs. Yeah, that's the hope. Okay. Yeah. And come into oneness. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if they don't? They'll continue to live in separation until they can no longer take it and whatever that means. So what do we do? You just hold space for what your life looks like outside of separation and, you know, hold space again for what's going on, but without giving your life over to it. Okay. Yeah. Because the end of separation doesn't mean the end of us. It just means the end of our lives as we know it to be. But again, we've done that a million times over, haven't we? Yeah. But it's, it's, there's something that's peaking. It's all culminating. And then once we get to that point, it's a bit like when you're having to deconstruct a house or like a really large building, like they kind of did on my street here. And, you know, you have to like take off certain things before you, you don't just take a wrecking ball to mm. something, right? Certain things have to be taken off in order to allow for that wrecking ball. So it's the wrecking ball that's coming. Okay. So yeah, we've had a series of... And there is the wrecking ball the last thing on the list? Yeah. And then that will be the worst of it. Yes. But what happens once you act, we have the worst of it, right? The wrecking ball is the rest then has to fall down. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. So the wrecking ball has yet to come and that's coming. And then you have like the rest of the building that can then be taken away. Okay. Yeah. But there'll still be joy and fun and all the things. We're not going to be living in like no. Mad Max. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Those were all just kind of like dystopian representations of what could be if we are not conscious beings and if we allow ourselves to be enslaved to old systems. Mm-hmm. And so the whole part of consciousness is to find our freedom. So that way we're not just trying to find new ways to imprison or enslave ourselves to, which is pretty much what people are trying to do. Well, this solution looks great, but do people not realize that in trying to find another solution, they're just enslaving themselves to another system. Okay. Right. Anyone who's alive right now, as we say, has pretty much signed up for this, right? But not everyone signed up for how it was all going to play out. I definitely didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But you got here. You showed up to the party, even if it was kind of (laughs) lame. You got the invitation. You RSVP'd. And then you're like, oh, God, this sucks. (laughs) I want to bounce. Yeah. Yeah. So there have been people bouncing and there will continue to be people bouncy, right? But the reality is pretty much anyone who's here is here for this. Okay. 
and we've been on board and since 2016 i mean it's it trust me it was all prophesied before that but this all started in 2016 in terms of i mean yes there were time, things that started in 2012 there's always been a process but 2016 was that ramp up stage of like all right this it, it's not going to get pretty from here people and then you know we moved through things and we were invited to really burn out our karma and self focus in order to prepare ourselves and anybody who's been doing that since at least 2016 if not earlier they're going to find that this period will impact them a bit less. So anyone so. who's out of their karma, out of their fit, out of their ego, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to sail through it for as much as one can sail through a trying time. The end of days. The end of days. Yeah, Elizabeth Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Ray. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.